in between and outside the fabricated gender binary, welcome to Note for Note, the podcast which takes an in-depth look at how music affects people on a personal level. I'm your host, as always, Michelle Lightshoe. On today's episode, I will be talking with my friend Lily. Um, we didn't actually have a full album kind of set aside. Um, we weren't even too sure what we were going to talk about leading right up to the show. Uh, but before before we uh, get into the episode, um, I do want to just make a quick announcement that I apologize for uh, not having an episode up um, two weeks ago or whenever this comes out. Um, I had to unfortunately miss a uh, um, an upload date of Note for Note due to my audio um, completely destroying itself. Um, I was using a program that rhymes with um, Schmodarcity, and uh, it uh, just totally deleted all of my audio for whatever reason. So, um, in lieu of that, uh, I'm probably going to have to redo the interview. It's not going to be as fresh um, or anything, which would be, you know, I may just have to change the topic. But what I was going to talk about was I had interviewed my dad, and it was kind of an almost hour-long special episode um, about the Beatles, um, as there was a recent documentary by Ron Howard that had came out um, detailing uh, the touring years of the Beatles and a little bit of uh, their, their time in the studio after, after they got done touring. Um, and it was really fascinating. Um, you know, my dad and I, my dad raised me on the Beatles, so I'm a huge fan of them. And it it was, it's just an unfortunate thing that that episode is completely gone. I know I'm going to try to give another interview to him and re-talk about the Beatles, or at least maybe just one Beatle album. But unfortunately, it's not going to be the exact same as the interview that had happened before. So that's more so the official story on what happened. Um, I'm not quitting note for note. I'm not going on hiatus or anything. Uh, that's just what happened. Um, I've got a couple other interviews that I've got lined up for the not too distant future. So I should be back to my consistent schedule at this point, barring any more uh, audio mishaps. Um, that being said, let's get back to kind of the topic at hand. Um, today I'm talking with my friend Lily. Um, I know I'm saying um a lot for those people counting. If if you're playing that fucking drinking game, (laughs) your congratulations, you're dead. So, anyways, we were talking about, uh, we had a conversation the week prior about, uh, Christian music and growing up um, in a religious household and growing up with religious music. Uh, she's from the South, and while I'm from, you know, the great white North of Minnesota, uh, I still was raised um, in the Catholic faith, and I went to Catholic school. I don't participate in any of that now, and we kind of talk about uh, religion a little bit in this episode as well, so I do want to kind of issue a slight bit of a trigger warning if anyone has those sorts of issues with religion. Um, we really kind of delve into that for, I'd say, a solid third of of this interview. But overall, I think that it's, it's something that's important, and it's something that uh, the two of us really, I felt, connected on. So... I hope you enjoyed today's episode. So, the last time we talked about this, um, you mentioned something about, uh, like, church music and hymns and stuff, and I'm kind of like, I'm kind of not sure where to start on that, because, like, because I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so... We were always singing, but most of the time it was that, like, droll, like, And so he <laughs> rose again. The 
my our church yeah. was not very far away from that because okay. <laughs> we were Southern Baptists, okay. so there wasn't allowed to be any expression with your singing okay. unless you were in the choir. Gotcha. So when the church sang, it was the same. Love lifted me. <laughs> Love lifted me. It was very bland and just very basic. It was awful. Yeah. But, like, were you in the choir? I can't remember if you said you were in the choir or you were a choir director or what. So, I did a lot of different stuff. Like, I did, um... Well, every single time I talk to you, you seem like... You're Forrest Gump-like and just, what the fuck you've been doing. I have. I do everything. Like, I owned a salon, and then, like, I also did this, and then... I do things for, like, a, like a few months while I'm doing other stuff, and then I get bored and I move on with my life. Like, I just... Okay. I can't... I can't stay focused on yeah. anything, which is why I'm, like, incredibly unsuccessful as a person. <laughs> like, I know this. Because I'm, like, six months, I'm like, mm, I'm done with this. I don't... I don't enjoy this anymore. This <laughs> like, moving on. Yeah. Um, I've learned all I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> so... I do, not, I do not care for this job. <laughs> right. This is... Like, it was... The, like, it's the same problem with, like, Target. Like, I did Target for, like, four months, and I yeah. was like, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> but Mm. Um, so, which looks really good on a resume because you're like, you've done all this shit, and it's like, yeah, for three months at a time. Each. Yeah, <laughs> my resume goes back one year, yeah. <laughs> but no, um. For me, like, I did, I, I was in, like, quite, like it was a big deal in my family. Like, I was very involved in, like, the church, and I never actually joined my church's choir that my granddad went to, mm -hmm. but I did join, um, like, whenever I kind of found my own church and branched out and mm -hmm. moved on kind of in my later high school years, I joined their choir, and then the pastor had been the choir director and decided to step down, and there was really no one who wanted to fill that void, and I was like, let me do it! So I did that, um... For about a year, like it was cool. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I've done the choir thing. I also did like chorus growing up in high school, and I tried band for the summer. I wanted to do yeah. marching band, and that never stuck because um, I got bored. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, okay. So what the hell were you doing in marching band? Were you just singing, or like, no. <laughs> like, how the hell are you in marching band? Just like. Like choral marching band or <laughs> twirling a baton? Like, what are you doing? No, so I wanted to learn the marimba, which okay. is a giant yeah, xylophone. Yeah, I know that thing. Um, yeah. So, like, I did their summer program, yeah. and I got, like, most of the way through, and then was like, mm, I don't want to do this all year long. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, that I mean, that was it. That was my entire experience with band. But, like, okay, so <clears throat> how did you get involved with the, the choir to begin with? Was it just... As a matter oh. of, like, your family, um, because you were going to church all the time, was that just kind of, like, what what was going on with that, or... So, my, my like, I, growing up, always loved singing. Like, mm -hmm. that was just a part of, like, who I was as a mm -hmm. person. Um, I couldn't listen to a song without belting it out, which annoyed every person in my family. Mm -hmm. Um... But then my sister did chorus in middle school, and okay. then I immediately was, like... Hell yeah. So I jumped in the chorus program, then continued to do chorus in high school. And then as soon as I went to church, I was like, I love to sing. Let's do this. Um, I went to a private Christian school as well, and I did some singing there. Like, it was just always kind of in the background that I did a lot of singing. Was that just kind of, um, was that more like uh, kindergarten through like eighth grade or something? Or was that high school that it was? The that was Christian middle school? and high school. Okay. Um, well, the private school was for some of middle school. Most okay. of middle school. Okay, I'm just trying to, like, get, get <laughs> a snapshot of your life at this point. So, where were you living at this point? Like, were you, you were still, I'm assuming, because talking Southern Baptist, Baptist <laughs> stuff, that you were somewhere in the South. Yeah, I was in this little town, um, we were kind of in the middle of two towns called Kannapolis and Concord. They had a big rivalry with our uh, football teams, uh... And so, like, I was, like, my little, little, little baby queer Lilith yeah. was uh, right in the middle yeah. of this, like, very, like, sportsy two small towns on the outskirts of Charlotte. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and it was, there was a church. I don't know if you've ever been to, like, the South-South, but... Well, like, I, I don't know about the South-South, because I've only been to, like, Miami and, like... Houston. Yeah, so. those Houston is the Midwest, and we have talked about this. We have talked about this. <laughs> or excuse me, the Southwest. Houston is the Southwest. It's not the Midwest. Yes, like, no, it's a, uh, that's a whole different area. Very different area. <laughs> but 
no, it is not the South. Very different culturally. Um, but uh, arguably, Florida could be said to be the South, I guess. <laughs> but, like, we don't Florida, really claim Florida's it. its own thing. Right. It's, it's its whole... Florida is, like, beyond South. <laughs> right. It's, like, next level South. Yeah. We just, we don't talk about Florida. Anything beyond Georgia <laughs> and Alabama, like, we are, oh, we're good. Like, that's gator country. <laughs> but, um, no, like, uh, I grew up, like, in North Carolina, mm-hmm. um... And then I spent, like, some of my early adult years in Virginia, and then I spent a lot of time in Alabama, too, which I did not sing in Alabama. I didn't do anything. If I could avoid leaving the house in Alabama as a baby queer, I was happy with that. Well, how old were you when you were in Alabama at that point? Oh, God. Um, when my parents got married, so, like, yeah. 13, 12. Okay, okay. Was the first time I went there. So now, you've said baby queer a few times. I'm trying to get a point <laughs> on that now. I kind of want to get a pinpoint sure. on that, if that's okay with yeah, you. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so what is going on in your life? Like, are you are you aware of things? Oh, like, like I was that? aggressively aware that I was not like everyone else okay. at, like... Because this seems like me as well. <laughs> I was like nine and I was like, uh, well, I don't know. I was, I'm going to say like at like seven, I was like, hey, I really like pink. And my granddad was like, no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so beyond that, I mean, it's eh? <laughs> like I was, I was always queer in mm-hmm. some form or fashion, whether I aggressively identified with it. I mm-hmm. definitely didn't identify with the people around me. Okay. Was it was it more so that you do you feel like you were more of an outsider because of this identification? But was it something that um, you expressed in in a physical manifestation? Um, did you feel co- more comfortable? I mean, because I know there's if there's like a weird comfort threshold of where like you know if you're queer or trans or a mixture of the two and you go. Um, from like presenting yourself in one way, it's like personally you feel like more comfortable, but socially you feel a lot more oppressed. Now, was that something that you were kind of going through at that same time? Or is that just a little bit like, is that a little further in the future? Well, because for me, like I never had a name or identity to it. Like I didn't come to that realization until I was like 11 or 12, but I was always What year is this about? Oh God! Um, two thousand one or two. Okay, was when so I was twelve is, in two thousand two. So okay, so this is still the rogue years of the internet. We're right. Not, it's a little bit of the wild, wild west. Things aren't coherent completely. Right. I did not even like. I didn't actively have access to the internet until yeah. I was like fifteen or fourteen, fifteen, okay. maybe sixteen, and even then, it was not unrestricted access by okay. any means. Yeah. Yeah. So like, we didn't really have, and being in a little podunk town, like going to Charlotte, that was a thirty minute drive. And it wasn't going to happen. My parents weren't doing that. Yeah. Um. So like, I didn't have the resources that are really like wildly available today. So like, I like the ident- idea of coming to terms with like just the queerness and gayness in itself mm-hmm. was like already like huge for me to undertake by myself like the Mm -hmm. idea of coming to like identity as a trans woman Mm -hmm. completely not did not even cross my mind wasn't a thing that you could be yeah um so for me like i was i was like a, a very like weird outcast socially but not because of queerness just because i wasn't who people expected me to be. My behaviors, my social norms were completely different than other people. You know, I wanted to watch Devil's Wear, Devil Wears Prada was like one of my favorite movies when it came out and everybody was like, yeah, yeah, odd interest in that, (laughs) like an odd amount of interest. Yeah. Um, So yeah, like my, my small years, like I was just different, Mm -hmm. too different. But you didn't have anything that you were kind of like, you did, did you ever have a point? Cause I know I definitely did where I was just like, Let's just try to be as manly as men can manly. No, I really? I hear that story yeah. so much with trans people. But I, I compensated so fucking much. I like I had. Wanna. Have you seen Have you seen the pre-transition pics of me? Yes. Those, oh my so God. aggressive. Yes, so aggressively. Yeah. I mean, because my so much egg. My idea. I mean, I was a hairdresser. Yeah. My i my idea of like even being a man was so metrosexual air quotes there that like 
I never wanted to overcompensate with masculinity. I never, like, I overcompensated and pretended that I was more interested in women, but I didn't want to be more masculine. And I never tried to rationalize that because it mm-hmm. never felt like that was ever something genuine to myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have a very good sense of, like, who I was at the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, I that was, like, nah, like, sports is never going to be for me. Like, I grew yeah. up with my mom and my sister. They didn't watch sports. I'm not going to grow up watching sports. It's yeah. not something that I'm interested in. Even my granddad, like... He watched racing, mm-hmm. but that was it. Yeah. That's... NASCAR. <laughs> Na- NASCAR. A little bit different than normal sports. Yeah, because um, that one's just left turns. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and passive. So, <laughs> I was going to make a joke. I, I was going to go, but I was like, passing hot. And then I just lost the train of thought completely. Um, so, so, going back to kind of the, the music aspect of this, what music are you listening to? when you're when you're in this like baby career stage are you like are you actively seeking out because i know i did where i was like fuck yeah Freddie mercury like let's listen to queen or like my chemical romance like gender bending and all that sort of shit and green day dudes Rhode island are like yeah like fuck yeah this is what i had such limited access to music it wasn't because like my parents like i had what they listened to Um, but I don't even think I had a CD player. I don't think I owned any CDs. Like it just, we didn't, we didn't spend money on that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. We weren't very, like we weren't in poverty, but we weren't, we definitely weren't middle class. Really, we were mm-hmm. lower middle class at best. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't have money to throw at CDs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but like and, radio station wise, like, is there anything you're like tuning into and you're just like, are you talk are you, radio? Okay. So, so, so you're I did listen radio. to NPR and classical music a lot. Of, I'm okay. ashamed to admit. Well, classical music is still something interesting though, because like, because how old are you when you're listening to classical? I I felt like classical was like this innately classy and elegant thing. Okay. So like as a baby, I was like like I was like ten, and I was like classical music is better than everyone else, and it's like more pure in my like little queer mind that can't understand those kind of concepts anyway. Yeah. So like I was like aggressively into it. So I would try to get my hands on any of it I could. Just just like I'm turn on like NPR and hope they're like playing like. Tchaikovsky and fucking <laughs> right. Beethoven and, like, oh my god. Like, even to this day, like, I have no memory for composers' mm-hmm. names because they're all foreign and none of them make sense and none of them matter to me that much. It's the the flow of the music that feels really good to mm-hmm. me. Um, like, even now I love classical, just classical solo piano. Just doing, like, See, classics really softly. Like, Debussy is one of... Right. Debussy is... I'm gonna go on the fucking record and say this. Busey is my favorite <laughs> composer as far as like classical like composers go, even though he's in that weird like pre-jazz post mm-hmm. like or it, it's this yeah almost post-classical type stuff where you're really flowing into more pop-oriented music, but it's just it's just a solo piano like. Do you like that high orchestration stuff, though, where there's, like, seven cellos and 15 clarinets and a whole horn section and 19 different percussions? I can, yeah, but I have to feel something with it. Because I've also... Because we used to have this uh, thing called Pops in the Park, yeah. and the orchestra would come every Saturday, and then we'd go out in the big park. There was a huge stadium mm-hmm. they paid thousands of dollars to build, um, which was a big deal in my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'd go, we'd, my whole family would set out their blankets, and we'd sit and we'd listen. Um, and, like, they did so many of those big orchestra they, productions, mm-hmm. um, and it was just felt nothing like there was no passion in it it was all technical Mm -hmm. and precise and it was good but it just didn't feel like anything yeah but then i've also heard music where i listen to it and like it moves me to like Mm -hmm. feel something internally very strongly and that's what i look for in my music especially classical music like i should feel like it's a part of my experience Mm -hmm. um not just music for my ears gotcha so that's what i really that where i'm at (laughs) so outside of classical music what else, what else, like, was piquing your interest as, as, like, a kid? Like, growing up in the South, 
Like, are are you are you are you getting surrounded? Now here's, here's one thing. I have a confession. Okay. It's Garth Brooks. For a long time, I was a huge Garth Brooks fan. Obsessive. Okay. Now. Are you looking up Garth Brooks songs? Yes, because there's. Oh my god, I'm not connected to the internet. Damn it. Oh well. Okay. I, I have a laptop in front okay. of me. I'm trying to remember if Garth Brooks is. Oh my god. Is Garth Brooks also the dude who has his alter ego? As, Shut up. Yes. 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 <laughs> yes. He's, he got like an emo moment like back in like the, I want to say it was like the mid 2000s. Yeah, he, he was did. like, I'm going to do emo music. And we were all like, you're too old. <laughs> what? What is what is his name again? Oh my oh. god. Uh, hold on. I don't remember. The I'm fever not. dream that is this artist. <laughs> Chris, no. Oh, it, is it Chris Gaines? It is Chris Gaines. There we go. Okay. It is Chris fucking Gaines. Okay. So, did you have an interest in the Chris Gaines album? Okay, at so that point? I heard. You're talking about Garth Brooks, and I'm like, okay. So what I was I was actually like deep and heavy in my dark Gar- in my like dark Garth Brooks era of okay. music listening. We're your, like your Garth Brooks period, right? Well. Like it was pretty intense. Okay. Same time I was in Christian school, yeah. like it was a mess. Um, and I heard about his Chris Canes, yeah. and I was like, "Fucking excuse me." <laughs> and then I listened to like I got a hold of one song, and I was immediately not interested. Yeah. <laughs> like I was immediately like, "Nope, hard pass. I'm good. This is not what I'm here for." Because um, I was like, his my favorite song of his is um, the Thunder Rolls. Oh, yeah. And it's it's just it really is interesting and it tells its own story and uh, it's hard not to like when you listen to it loud not to like feel something in that moment yeah. with it which I really love um, but I was so passionate about that song and then to hear this abomination of music <laughs> he created and I I personally like my selfish mind was like yeah. he's betraying his fans <laughs> he's got good country people <laughs> he's betraying them. So, so well, <laughs> that was okay. a mess. <laughs> okay, so that's kind of one thing that I was like about to get to, and it's perfect that we went there, and that is country music. Now, one of the things that I've, with a lot of the trans women that I've met or talked to who are from the South, there's usually an influence. If they're not like, you know, fucking mega punks who just, you know, are just like, I only listen to like Laura Jane Grace because she's from Florida. And, like, like okay, like I get it. And I mean, she's great, but like I love Laura Jane Grace. Uh, there's but, other artists too. But no, but what I'm saying is like, as far as like a representation of like an alternative version of femininity, it seems like Dolly Parton is like this through line <laughs> goddess. Yeah. Okay. See. That's, also, Reba. Yeah, Reba. Very yeah. empowered woman. Like, honestly, like, if I were to look back at, like, female role models that I had mm-hmm. growing up, it was things like Reba McIntyre. Mm-hmm. Not so much Dolly Parton, oddly enough. Like, it's not that my family didn't like her. think it's just more of a generational her. thing where you're just kind of like... Because Reba in, you know, the She 90s was big in, like, the big. early 90s, late yeah. 80s. Yeah. And that's the thing is Dolly Parton was kind of my grandparents' generation mm-hmm. where she was more popular with their music stuff. Yeah. And my mom was... She was she was young when she had me. She was a child of the eighties. Was a teenager all the way through yeah. the eighties. Um, literally twenty yeah. to thirty was in the eighties. Mm-hmm. So like she was all about that like rock and roll hair band. Yeah. Um, oh god, what else was it? Did, she, did you did you get any of that? Oh god, I did. Okay. <laughs> now now I want to ask you this. She because ha- this is this is another thing which. Um, were you were you at the meeting with Venus de Mars? I didn't. Okay. I wasn't particularly okay. I interested. Couldn't, I couldn't remember. I fucking love Venus. I'm sure she's great. Anyways, I just never listened to her. So, so. Um, so um, when we were there, like she's talking about this, and Laura Jane Grace wrote this in her book too. And this is uh, two people that I've heard this from uh, of that sort of '80s era, which is hair bands are like so close to like pushing all these gender binary things and they just don't go far enough they're like you're so close just just step 
over that little edge Absolutely. and get there. So is that something that like you kind of had any draw into? I didn't because I was never as much into the hair bands okay. as I was like the other 80s stuff that I'm ashamed of. <laughs> no, you gotta be ashamed because I fucking love Tears for Fears, Depeche Mode, and like... Not quite heads. that much. Okay. Like, I'm talking like... Um, when, when, all right, what are you going to say? I'm trying to think of, like, some of the artists, but, like, now, of course, my brain's blank. Let me take a look at my handy-dandy you're, you're totally Spotify. Fine, totally fine. Are you going to say Flock of Seagulls? Um, I'm not going to not say Flock okay. of Seagulls. Um, but what's his name? There's a there's a guy that my mom was super, like, uh, in love with, and he sung a ton of songs, and you hear him at karaoke all the time, and I cannot, for some reason, think of his name, and I love him. Um, he's a great artist. Also... Um, I can't remember anyone's name right now because I'm like on the spot. <laughs> but Cheeseburger in Paradise. Oh, Jimmy Buffett. Jimmy Buffett. Him also. I love the fuck out of him. I Jimmy love Buffett. him. He yeah. was a big influence yeah. for my mom. Like she listened to him. That yeah. kind of music. Like mm-hmm. that kind of like 80s. Okay. Not so much like like hair bands were definitely there. Mm-hmm. Like she had yeah. she had a Journey CD. Like she had yeah. all that stuff. But she and she had she went to see the Rolling Stones like. <clears throat> that was all definitely influenced. That would still been awesome because the Rolling Stones, I would still consider more 60s, but they were around in the 80s. I think like they were really popular in the 80s from they, what I've heard from they, my mother at they least. Had, they had a big resurgence in the 80s. Like, they were, they continued their popularity from the 60s up to the same thing my dad said. He was like, I saw the Stones in 85 and they were fucking amazing. And it's like, okay, like, yeah, I mean, they, they had a long, they've still, they're still fucking playing. Well, and that's the thing is, like, personally, I never really connected with that. Mm-hmm. Like, eh, that's cool. That was, like, that was something my mom listened to, but mm-hmm. she didn't let us listen to. Really? Which was weird. That is kind of strange. Um, and it wasn't that she, like, like, it wasn't like she actively didn't let us listen yeah. to it. It just, she never listened to it in the car with us. Like, she just didn't. Okay. She never, like, put it on. Um, that's the opposite <clears throat> of my dad, because my dad would always just be like, hey, Michelle... What do I got on today? And it would just be like a guess the name of the Rolling Stones song. And it was just like always the Stones or my dad. I remember the funniest thing my dad ever fucking did, I think, is I was probably about five years old and he was dropping me off at school or picking me up from school. And he pulls up and I just hear this. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? And he's like, this is Led Zeppelin. And so at five years old, I'm like listening to like pre-metal metal music like Okay, so what is this artist that you're trying to think of from the 80s? I'm, I'm sending a text to my husband because his mom is also obsessed with her. Okay. And, like, again, for some reason, like, I could have talked about him all day long, but now I'm, like, drawing a blank on his name and all of his songs. So okay. that's super satisfying. Yeah, wonderful. <laughs> um, but he's, like, a super housewife artist as well. Oh. Maybe you can guess it. Let's play who's... Robert, <laughs> Robert Palmer. No. No. Is yes. that irresistible? Come on. Yes, but okay, no. It might be a little older than 80s. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, now I know, but I'm not going to tell you. Oh, who is it? <laughs> it's Bon Jovi. Oh, Bon Jovi. Super housewife. Yeah, okay. That, and is, that, that was is mega housewife. My yeah, mom no. listened to him all the time, and I actually really like every one of his songs that I've ever heard, and I sing him at karaoke every time I go. See, I don't know how the fuck I didn't guess Bon Jovi. I should have been able to guess Bon Jovi. I don't know why I couldn't think of his name. I mean, well... Probably because I'm on the spot and I blame you. Okay. It's all me. I you didn't no no interview prep, but I like to go into these things without like much no, preparation fair. aside from like, I like it. If a if a direct album is picked, I like to listen to that, like have like an hour or whatever notice if a direct album is picked. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like <clears throat> you know, like the conversation of the one that got eradicated, spoiler alert in case I have to do this one again, uh, was an hour long thing, uh on just the Beatles in general with my dad because like that was the music you know you're talking about like what your parents played mm-hmm. in the car like what your mom's what your mom's playing in the car and that's all my dad played in the car was basically like Motown and classic rock and of all classic rock like the Beatles was probably the most frequent thing so that was I did ride around with my granddad. Like, me and my yeah. granddad spent, like, a lot of time together in my mm-hmm. childhood. I actively sought out opportunities to hang out with him. For a while, we were going fishing together every weekend or every other weekend, something mm-hmm. like that. And then for a while, like, we used to go get ice cream every weekend. It was really mm-hmm. cool um, and really good, like, time. But he always listened to either, like, gospel in his truck. His, okay. Of course, like, old, beat-up Ford pickup yeah. truck. Mm-hmm. Um, he either listened to gospel or, like, 
hardcore oldies from his childhood. Like, that was it. And that was also a big influence on me because I learned a great appreciation for those oldies. So when you say oldies, like, what are you talking about? Like, are you talking about, like, 60s stuff or 50s stuff or... 50s, 60s, pretty much the oldie station would be what he'd put on. And, like, really, he... Like, I asked him questions about those songs and stuff like that, and he had all these different stories, which now, like, I regret that, like, as a kid didn't matter to me. I was Mm -hmm. just making conversation because I can't let silence happen. Yeah. But now I wish I had spent more time... Right. I wish I had spent more time just listening to him um, tell those stories and stuff like that. Because he apparently was like this like greaser with a motorcycle. And that's why my grandmother even married him in the first place. Just because he was like this badass. Right. And then he like met Jesus after his second wife and then remarried my grandmother. Like it was a whole thing. Like and. He was just super cool back in the day. And, like, he told me these stories and talked about, like, getting married Mm -hmm. to her. And um, he talked about, like, riding around on his Harley. And he he has a Harley Mm -hmm. as well. At least until recently, he had to sell it. His knees are just getting too bad. Um, So, like... Uh, he was just not a conventional grandfather at yeah. all. Like, super Jesus, but also wants to ride his motorcycle to church every week. Like, very strange man. Really cool guy. Just shows shows up, like... <sighs> Morning, father. And just, like, gets off, puts out a cigar on the back of his bike and walks up. No smoking. Smoking's yeah. against the Bible. You gotta keep your body pure. He would never pick up a cigarette in his life. Not a cigar. Like, he he wouldn't even go to a therapist if his pastor was like, this might be a good idea. He'd be like, nope, God didn't need a therapist. I don't need a therapist either. <laughs> like, but he's still gonna ride his Harley. Yeah, yeah. So, like, he goes on poker runs, if you know what those are. Like, the motorcycle guys, they get together and then they play a hand at each stop that they stop at as they, like, take a tour yeah. of the country. Yeah. And, um... He would go on poker runs, but he wouldn't play poker because he didn't approve of gambling. (laughs) So he's like a very convoluted group of ideas that just seem to work for him. That seems like a lot of Americans. That's Mm -hmm. kind of what the country apparently is all about. Fair enough. Um, It um, works. Yeah. So I want to get back into this before we like... sorry. No, no, no. No, we're good. Um... I just want to kind of go back into this before you like wrap things up, just because with with that whole convoluted um, collection of ideas, I'm just trying to piece together um, a couple things with that too. And one of the things I would say is we started off with um, with like talking about hymns and religious music and stuff, and growing up and going to church, and you know how your family was religious, how your grandfather was religious. And I'm wondering where you sit with that. If you feel comfortable asking, if you feel comfortable answering that. So I sit in a really weird place. Cause mm-hmm. like I, especially like when I came into my queerness, mm-hmm. not like my grandfather, like me and him had like a moment where he like sat me down and was like, I hope you know, God doesn't approve of your lifestyle. It's the only conversation about my queerness we've ever had. Except for, what was it, Galatians 3.28? Right. Yeah. Well, no, this was before I came out as trans, like, when I identified as gay, because it's all I had as far Mm -hmm. as language. I was very young. I was, like, 17, 18. That's where I was when I did the same thing. I was like, I'm bisexual. And they're like, okay. And I'm just like, (laughs) but. (laughs) It comes with terms and conditions. Yes. (laughs) But it's, it's, I don't know. It was a really strange experience for him to like sit me down and like be like, nah, whatever. Mm-hmm. So I, I was started looking outside of Christianity because I, I there are passages. There are five that are used mm-hmm. to admonish homosexuality and yeah. I couldn't psychologically validate like being gay and being Christian. So one of those had to give and my Christianity flew yeah. down the hill. Mm-hmm. It was gone. Bye. Um, for those who are not able to see, which is everybody else listening, I am pointing my finger at me right now as well. And, <laughs> yeah, so, like, I I didn't go, like, to atheism at that point because I didn't believe, especially with all the religious teachings around yeah. me, I couldn't, I couldn't fathom a world where there was no God. Mm-hmm. There was no belief system, no theology. So I started looking and researching and um, 
through a cousin of mine actually <laughs> found witchcraft. Wonderful. Um, pagan, mm-hmm. um, Wicca, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my own belief system was very eclectic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it, uh, during that time, I got a giant pinnacle tattooed on my back. So it was, it's still there and I love it. It's nice. my only tattoo and my favorite um, because it had so much meaning to me at the time. And I practiced that for eight years of my life. And then um, I kind of started to go more towards a Buddhist philosophy. And I was like, I don't really feel like magic is getting me anywhere. And this was after I moved to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Hear me say Minnesota. 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 You you are truly one of us. You are truly one of us. Four years is too long. Yes. But um, I, I, you know, I moved here and I just, once I moved here, I just didn't really feel a connection or a need to be this like aggressively queer pagan person anymore. Like I didn't have to be like aggressively anti what people wanted me to be. It's because everybody doesn't, well, most people, unless you're in St. Cloud, no one else seems to really give a shit. Right. They don't give a damn. Yeah. Um, which is, well, yeah, I don't go to St. Cloud if I can avoid it. I've been pretty, it's pretty easy to avoid. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I like like the fourth or fifth time I've said that on this podcast. (laughs) I honestly, I'm literally writing a song about that. I've only been to St. Cloud a handful of times and that was only to go to the good DMV that's there. But now the DMV is literally across the street for me. So so like, I don't give a shit. Like I can go get a number and come home. (laughs) I'll be back in time. But, um, anywho. And then like, I kind of went to like, um, that, and then I got really into science and I started doing lots and lots of research and I'd spent every day I'd read a Wikipedia page, like just Mm -hmm. read it to learn what it had. Um, which was really fun. You're doing like the random and you're like, oh, let's read about tarantulas. Right. Like it was just super cool. And it gave me all this like wealth of stupid knowledge that I didn't need. (laughs) But, um, I started to learn through a lot of the science because one Wikipedia page would turn into five hours of Googling and learning about a subject. Um, I also followed the I fucking love science Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Super great for just like oh, yeah. beginner people who are mm-hmm. just trying to learn a little bit. Or it used to be. I don't know about now. I haven't paid attention to it. But, Nor have I, but eh, yeah. it used to be really great. And so like I would just research things and try to learn more about it and try to understand things more in depth. And then at that point, I came to a like personal discovery that like I don't need a god to exist mm-hmm. or a goddess or a deity to exist in order for me to thrive, mm-hmm. uh, which was very freeing. And then I, I became like very heavily atheist. Um, so like right now, I would consider myself like atheist, pagan, Buddhist. Gotcha. Like, but I also like spent a ton of time studying Christian theology. So. Mm-hmm. Like, I know a lot about it, and, like, there's still this, like, draw, like, I want to go to the church up the road that's, like, super queer-affirming mm-hmm. one Sunday just because I like the communities that can be in yeah. those kinds of churches. But, like, I don't know that I could ever ascribe to the, like, I like the idea that, like, when we die, we die. Like, that's it. Yeah. Like, I don't need more than that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, because, like, not to go into anything too much with me, but that's kind of, it's a slightly similar path to, like, at least the one I've taken, except... With, with, uh, if you were to replace witchcraft with, um, more Eastern philosophy, because mm-hmm. you were, you were talking about Buddhism and I was like, okay, well, I kind of fell into the, you know, Taoism and a little bit of Hinduism mm-hmm. and, um, that sort of stuff. And then that more pulled me back into the sort of like Taoist mm-hmm. area, which is kind of, I guess, where I sit now, but that still isn't like, there isn't really a God. It's just kind of like. It's a way of existing without, like... It's that way of life, not really a theology so much as, like, a way to be peaceful in your existence. Yeah, a way, a way to attempt to maintain peace in your existence by by basically not, like, forcing things to happen in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of going with it and, like, you know, like, you can put yourself out there, but it's not like a go fucking, like, punch everything and, I don't know, like... There's something that's just, like, a little more relaxing about that than sort of the dogmatic practices that would exist in um, more organized religions, like even Buddhism, but especially Christianity, because that's, you know, what we both grew up with. Right. Yeah. Well, and I also, like, 
for me, I went through a phase where like I was really into Judaism as well. Yeah, yeah. Just because like I had this friend who was a trans identified person mm-hmm. and who was my roommate who was uh, Jewish and was telling me all about these different things and taught me like tons of stuff that I never got to experience firsthand because I had studied theology and I'd studied a lot of different world religions. Mm-hmm. But I always like in my head thought of Judaism as like a means to an end to all the other religions that stemmed off of it, but yeah. never really considered or conceptualized Judaism as a whole as it is now yeah and that's kind of same thing growing up in catholic school it's like you're very aware that it exists and you know a little bit of it at least the catholic school that i went to like we studied a lot of judaism because it's so inherently tied to uh christianity which is essentially if we're going back to musical terms post-judaism mm-hmm. um but they're all, you know, the same Abrahamic, the Abrahamic Trinity. Right. And for me, like, you know, I was really interested by the the very notion of, like, everything is discovery. Mm-hmm. There's no hard and fast answers to questions. It's mm-hmm. a discovery, a journey. Um I went to a rabbi with a question about Judaism mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that friend introduced me to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his response was like, well, what do you think? Like, Mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation and come to a conclusion that works for you based on what I know and what you think. And that was a huge difference in how I had been approached by any religion. I mean, even Wicca has like dogma and very specific rules, um, which is why, like, I really had trouble with that whole very concept because it can be very dogmatic as a belief system as well. Um, but someone coming to you with like, well, let's figure it out. I don't know. Yeah. That was really encouraging. So I, I don't know. I really appreciated it. That's cool. I mean, religion is always fascinating and it's, it's interesting to see how other people have kind of conceptualized being brought up in that same environment. Um, I gotta ask you this too. Do you still ever just like every now and then you get things in your head where it's like, He's got the home and start singing, <laughs> singing the fucking hymns to yourself. I do. Sometimes I'll yeah. walk around the house singing hymns and yeah. Eli, my husband is just like, will you please not? Cause like I got enough of that in my childhood. Will you, will you please not sing about Christ? <laughs> can you, you can sing about anything else. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. Just not that please. And like, because so much time I spent like learning those hymns and songs and praise and worship songs and just mm-hmm. everything. Um, because you'd be surprised how entrenched religion is in every oh, yeah. aspect of being a young person in the South. Oh, yeah. um, I, mean, I, I mean, well, I mean, once again, like, I've got family in the South, but right. they're not like, well, some of them are in the South. But once again, it's Texas the, and Florida. Texas and Florida. Uh-huh. So super South and Southwest. <laughs> super South, like South question mark and Southwest. Yeah. What is what is beyond South? What goes beyond south? North. North, yes. (laughs) It is the new north. The new north. Um, But, yeah, no, it's... uh, I don't know, because, like, I have all these songs, and, like, I like the songs. The the crazy thing is Christian music can sometimes be incredibly well composed. Yeah. Like, there are some songs out there... Also, if I hear Amazing Grace one more time in a movie or just on the street or on the Christmas channel, because I'm sorry, but I don't... Amazing Grace doesn't belong on the Christmas channel. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, sorry. But if I hear Amazing Grace one more time, I'm going to punch Josh Groban in the face. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to find him and hit him. I'm done. (laughs) Because it's always him every single time but there are some other well composed songs out there and I don't hate them I have to say what is is your feeling about Creed I don't have I don't ambivalent I don't really have an opinion like there's nothing wrong with it nothing nothing that like inspires me by any means and nothing that inspires anger okay so I, I, I just I always wind up finding like and I have my personal feelings about Creed, but I also am just like, they're, they're more aimed at Scott's stuff. But that's beside the point. Um, but it's, it's, I don't know, it's more so like that was always like, for me, like, they would always try to market like, listen to this like, cool new Christian music, it sounds like Pearl Jam, but it's not about violence. Like, my my really, favorite uh, okay. s- uh, soundtrack was yeah. Oceans Above. 
and I don't know if you've ever heard them, but they were like all these Christian music, but they were done in these like really interesting ways with different sounds and different Mm -hmm. approaches to it. Um, They were softer and uh, like, it was just very interesting. And that was my favorite. Okay. Because, like, I didn't like the, like, new rock Christian wannabe, the, like, the, Flyleaf and... The, not Flyleaf. What is it? Under Oath? I love Under them. Oath, I yes. I love the fuck out of them. I didn't give a shit about well, them. Well, I, I, loved, I loved Under Oath, um, but I didn't like most of the, like, the fucking four... Or, well, no, it'd be five. It'd be, like, the pentatonic scale that... Oh, God, what note is that? Uh, I'm just trying to do... Where is it on the guitar? But, like, the best example of it is Johnny Lang's Red Light. Is It uses this mm-hmm. same progression. And if I flip on, like, any Christian radio station, I guarantee I will hear one of the five notes of that pentatonic scale being played on an electric guitar with a slight bit of reverb and a slight bit of overdrive to, like, the boom, 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 just it's always that it's that same fucking pentatonic progression but that's the thing is like what what it interests me about christian music is because so many different people have tried to market it to so many different yeah, groups yeah that it has like at this point influences from everything like there is country christian there oh, absolutely. is and country in and of itself i hate to admit it is strongly influenced by christianity yeah. as a whole um but like there's also like you know, like tons of rock Christian out there. There's Christian rap groups, which like oh, shrug. <laughs> like, oh, why would you do that? No. Uh, real why quick. would you ruin good rap? All right, real quick. I, I I don't normally take time to talk about stories, but I will tell you a super quick story. <laughs> so, so in eighth grade um, oh, at my Catholic school, nothing good happens in eighth grade. <laughs> seventh grade's worst. Eighth grade is also shit. So there was this guy, right? And, um, he was being marketed to us as <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> the Christian equivalent of Fred Durst. <laughs> I'm sorry, I need a moment. That's not a thing, first of all. Second of all, get out. <laughs> You don't belong here. You don't belong on this planet. He does not belong on this planet. I was like, what is this? Because he's out of this world. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's probably something that was, mar- like, marketed that way. Like, what? Like, why would I want this? Yeah. Just like, oh, my God. I'm trying to just, like... Ladies and gentlemen, you gotta praise Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Uh, what's that song? There was one that's like, uh, uh, like take those shackles off my feet so I can dance. I just want to praise you, and it just—it's basically like that over yeah. and over, and then a little bit of like interim. And it's—I heard that so many times growing up, and that was like the hip hop version of Christian. It was a mess. Like I just personally. Maybe this is again like I just like my old school Gregorian chants. Like let's just skip all the the like pop. Let's stop trying to make it new. Mm-hmm. Just go old school with just, it. Just all Christy, right? Super Christy, because <laughs> like super Christy, a little crusty. Like, eh. yeah. <laughs> but like I just I I think. Like, I think it all has its place, and I'm really glad that people have access to music that represents them, but it'd be mm-hmm. really cool to hear more, like, other influences other than Christianity yeah. Yeah. in music. Because yeah. it's really, like, atheism or Christianity or anyone's only influences. Pretty Occasionally, much. you'll hear, like, like a hardcore screamo or something, someone come off with, I like, mean, a Satanism. With, with the exception of, like, like reggae having some Rastafarian influence. That's but once true. again, But once again, you have, like, this other... Like, when you get into reggae, like, certain parts of reggae don't always go back to Rastafarianism. Some just go right back to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, that's always there's always something where it's just Christian co-opting of, of this right. genre of music. But well, it's, it's, which came first? It I came mean, it's ex- just white people's, like, just natural state is to take things. <laughs> and unfortunately... The majority of white people also are Christian, and therefore they just walk around and go, I like this. It's mine. This is mine now. I discovered it. (laughs) But do you have a flag? (laughs) Do you have a flag? No flag, no country. You can't have one. Those are the rules that I made up. I'm being backed up by 
this gun from the National Rifle Association. <laughs> a little, a little Izzard quote. I, I really appreciate Eddie Izzard as yes. a whole. Yes. Like, I think he was honestly, not to get, like, super yeah. off track for music, mm-hmm. but he was a big influence on me, like, coming to terms with queerness. Yo! Because, like, Yo. he's hilarious. Yeah. He can live in his manhood, but also, like, did a lot and actively tried to advocate for the trans community through his own experience, and that was just really awesome, like, yeah. just cool to see, and it was, like, one of the first times I felt like a normal human being. Also, one of the reasons I wanted to move to Europe. Yeah. Because, like, you never see a trans woman comedian or uh, yeah. a transvestite comedian ever getting that popular in the U.S. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. Everybody would be like, nah. No. Like, it, the closest thing to a trans woman comedian would be, like, maybe Laverne Cox, but she's more of a serious actress mm-hmm. than... And I mean, she has funny speeches, but it's public speaking. It's not. It's not comedy. It's it's not. It's not improv stand up. Right. Honestly, I hate to say, but I don't think that she'd be super good at stand up. I don't think she. I don't think she'd be good at stand up. I think she's definitely like. She's funny. Sketch and like. Oh, for sure. Either either writing or performing and. Like, like you know, live TV stuff. Like she's a great actress where she can. Knows where the fuck the beats are and like knows how to do that. But, Absolutely. But stand up is something totally different. But she also, I yeah. think she requires having those other people to play off of. Like she needs a straight man so that she can be the 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 queer <laughs> queer yeah. woman. Yeah. Like like she needs someone to play off of to get her jokes. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't I don't know that she. I'm sure she could if she really put her mind to it. Because God knows that woman is yeah. a force to be reckoned with. But. Yeah. I'm, I don't see her being, like, the person who's going to be like, I'm just going to walk up there on stage and tell a couple jokes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really proud of myself because I really wanted to do the finger guns and I didn't. <laughs> so. You, 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 I, I've been doing the finger guns and I can't stop it. <laughs> you need to handle that. I cannot stop it. <laughs> it's out of control. Um, okay. I think we're at <laughs> <laughs> I think we can just end it there. We're, we're getting a little bit long, but I think we're Okay, yeah. Alright, thank you for having this awesome conversation. Yeah, no problem. In all sorts of weird places. Yeah, it did. I hope it was good stuff, I guess. Yeah, it was good. Stuff. Good stuff? Yeah. Good stuff? Definitely. Excellent stuff? Cool. I want to thank Lily once again for being on my show. I had a really good time uh, talking to her about all different types of music and, uh, Kind of some of the similar crossroads that our lives have have had, uh, similar experiences that we share as individuals um, outside of playing D and D and Magic the Gathering together. <laughs> so, yes, um, if you like the show, uh, please subscribe, give it a review on iTunes or wherever you found it. Uh, I don't pay to advertise this show, so talking about it on social media with a note for note hashtag is always helpful. And uh, I'm on Twitter uh, at H-A-Y-N-A-R-I. That's at Haynari. Uh, you can find me on there. Uh, Colorcaster, uh, the band I play in, has two shows coming up uh, in April. Um, one of them is at Cadence for uh, Record Store Day, and the other is at Club Underground. More of those are going to be posted on our Facebook page of uh, C-O-L-O-U-R-C-A-S-T-E-R. That's Colorcaster. And uh, we're the only band with that name that I've seen, so that's neat as always. I do want to thank them both as well uh, for allowing me to use the song Lines as the intro and outro of my podcast. And I'm hoping to get Carl on as the next guest. If not, I do have a couple other people lined up as well. But I believe that's everything for today. So, without further ado, have a splendid Sunday. If you choose.